0: about Jesus Christ, amen? Oh, come on, somebody. It's all about Jesus Christ, amen? amen? I mean, it's about Him. It's about the death, burial, and the resurrection. You know, as we begin to look at some things, and I said, Lord, you know, what is it? It's already powerful. I can already feel the anointing of God uh, uh, in this place today, but I know you're going to receive something today if you haven't already. I just want to thank the Praise and Worship team for ushering in the presence of God, I want, I want to thank Praise Revolution for ushering in the presence of God. And I, and I want the Word of God to go forth rich. So let's just pray with me here, if you will. Just join your hearts with me. Father, Lord, as we just bring forth your Word today, Lord, that this is all about Jesus Christ, your Son, who died upon the cross and who rose again. And Lord, we celebrate the victory. Lord God, we thank you for what you're doing. Lord, we're asking you to bring revelation. I'm asking you to bring wisdom in our lives today. I'm asking you to open every ear. I'm asking you to open every eye. Lord, and most of all, I'm asking you to open every heart. Every heart that, that, we, that may be struggling to know you, may be struggling to, to find that relationship with you, may be struggling to walk in your victory. God, I ask you to open the hearts of your people here today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Today, I want to talk with you about the cross. And what you see on the screen right now is you see three crosses. And a lot of times, you know, you may see them. I know I travel from here to Oklahoma City. <clears throat> when I go by um, through Geary, <clears throat> there is, a, there is a, a place where on the mountain, on the top of the range, you can see, and there's three crosses up there. And those three crosses represent the Father the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Say that. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's what those three crosses represent. And they could also, well, you know, it may represent Jesus Christ on one cross, and the thief on the, on the cross on the right, and the thief on the cross on the left. But I want to talk a little bit about the cross today. I want to talk a little bit about the different types of crosses. So let's take a look at that. There's, there's four different types of crosses. There's four different types of crosses that I want us to look at. We have got a cross that's positioned right here. We've got a cross. Then this cross right here is a Latin cross. So there's four different types of crosses that you can find many different forms of crosses, but basically there's four different types. And I want us to look at them real quick. The first cross that I want us to look at... is is the crucimissia, and it is the the Latin cross, and it's this type of cross that has the the vertical and the horizontal, and it protrudes forward. The second type of cross that I'm looking at is the comissia, the crucicomissia, and this is also called the St. Anthony's cross, and this is shaped like a T. It doesn't have anything that protrudes from the top, but it's shaped like a T. The the third cross that I want to share with you, want to talk with you about, is the Greek cross, and this cross is one that you would probably see. The most familiar one would be the Red Cross. You know, when you see the Red Cross, and it's a uh, it's it's crossed, it's the same size on each side. That is the the Greek cross, and that's where the Red Cross um, designed their cross from. Now, the fourth cross I want to talk to you about tonight is the, or today is the Cruz de Cusa. And I want us to look at this because this one here is a St. Andrew's cross, and it is just shaped like an X. But the most important cross that we're looking at that I want us to begin to understand is like this cross right here, this Latin cross. This is the type of cross that was used at the crucifixion of Jesus. And I want to talk a little bit about the cross, what it is, what it wasn't, what it represented before Christ. So let's just take a look at what it represented before Christ. The cross was a symbol that, that, that was used, and it was a sign, and it was well-known in ancient nations. Would you believe that Egypt used the cross, and they used it as a, a symbol of divinity, or they used it as a symbol of eternal life? And it was said to have a not only the symbol of divinity and eternal life, but it was also used in some pagan temples. Now, when I began to start looking at this and realizing that we had a lot of these different crosses, I, I began and I found that the, the Spaniards also unidentified a cross. When they saw a cross, they realized that the crosses were well known. It was a symbol that was well known by the Mexican and the Peruvians, and it was perhaps signifying four elements, say four elements. And a lot of times we would look at that, and they also thought that it might signify the four seasons. And they also said, well, you know what? It also might signify the, the four points of a compass. So you can see where this was actually coming forth. The cross was being used before Christ. Now, we've got this idea. We've got this understanding of the cross. And I want, I'm thinking about 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 17, where Paul said, it doesn't, I didn't, Christ didn't send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel not in cleverness of speech, so that the cross would not be made void. What does the cross mean to you? What does the cross signify to us? The Bible says that the word of the cross is foolishness to those that are perishing. But to us that are being saved, it is the power of God. And I began to start thinking about that. And I thought, Lord, if the cross was here before you, and, the, and you were crucified on the cross, this Latin cross, one of the things that I want, to, want you to keep in mind is on this cross and the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, it was very unusual for, for Jesus to die in three hours, from 6 o'clock to 9 o'clock. A crucifixion usually took it usually took 36 hours for the person to die on a crucifixion. It was the most grueling form of death, that's found in the world, and I believe that's probably found in the world even today. So that, that's why, you know, that's why um, I think it was uh, 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 Pontius Pilate or, or that, that said, is he dead yet? You know what I mean? It's like they couldn't believe that he was already dead because he didn't spend 36 hours on the cross. So I want us to take a look at this. The cross might mean one thing to us before Christ, but what about after Christ, and what does the cross mean to you? So I want us to look at this. I've got a small video clip that I want us to look at and see what happened with Jesus on the cross.
1: a com, hita. He the And I won the way and the earth cost it. I tell you, I shall abide
2: him
1: i will I stand you <laughs> hadatha ti What if now? Let you mean And who Meshiaha? she Anna Amar You're Salva dinakadze He'll let you my The
2: And <laughs>
0: There's um, Kleenex at the end of each of the aisles. What's the cross signify now? What's it mean? I think a lot of times we've been taking the cross lightly. I think a lot of times we've been taking what Jesus has done for us very, very lightly. What's it signify now? The suffering that was implied in the crucifixion of Jesus Christ naturally made the cross a symbol of pain, suffering, burden bearing. That's what it's made it. Jesus said Himself in Matthew 10, 38, He says, And he who does not take up the cross and follow after me It's not worthy of me. What about in Matthew chapter 16, verse 24? He said, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. How do we look at this cross? How do we view this cross now? We need to take up our cross and follow him. He laid everything down for us. We were separated from God. And Jesus came and made a way where there was no way. A lot of times we see crosses around and we just say, that's nice. We see them in stores or around people's neck and we say, well, that's nice. It not only represented the pain, the distress the burden-bearing, but the cross also represented atonement. It represents atonement. First Corinthians 1 Corinthians 1.18 says, For the word of the cross is foolishness. foolishness. It's foolishness to those that are perishing, but not to you. If you're a born-again believer, it shouldn't be foolishness to you. This wasn't just some fun thing that happened on the cross. It wasn't just some... Made for TV movie, it happened in real life. He said, but for us who are being saved, it's the power of God. So what's the cross signify now? What's the cross mean? It expresses unity between Jews and Gentiles. The Bible separates it between two people groups, Jews and Gentiles. There's the Jews and there's the rest of us. And the cross brought us together. The cross brought unity. I guess you could say, I've always said that I'm a Jew because I'm grafted in by the cross. It brought them together. Ephesians 2, 16 says, that might reconcile both in one body to God through the cross by having put to death enmity. I mean, it brought us together. You can look in Ephesians and it talks about one new man bringing the Jews and the Gentiles together. Let's look at how important the cross is to us. If you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12. I want to look at verses 1 through 3. I just want to give you some scripture real quick because there's a place that I want to get to. There's something that I want to get to today. And you're here by appointment, a divine appointment from our Lord and Savior. That's why you're here today. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. I'm reading out of the New American Standard Version. It says, Therefore, since we have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also, listen, lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us. You know, I was reading that and I was meditating on that scripture and I said, obviously sin can easily entangle me. It can easily entangle you. Otherwise, he said, you know, the, it wouldn't be the sin so that easily entangles us. It would be the sin that's difficult to get you. But it's the sin that easily entangles us. And here's what, here's what <laughs> excuse me, the Hebrew writer says. He says, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes upon Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith. I had another version that says the author and the, the finisher of faith. I like the word perfecter, perfecting this faith that I'm walking in. Who for the joy set before him endured what? The cross, despising the shame, and he sat down at the right hand in the throne of God. For consider him who has endured endured such hostility by sinners himself. And we saw that. People making fun of him. If If you're the son of God, come down from the cross. The Pharisees, the religious, religious people of that day were saying, you said you were going to tear down the temple and rebuild it in three days. I, you can't even come off the cross. I thank God for Jesus that he didn't come off the cross. The Bible said he has thousands of 10,000 angels at his, at his beck and call. He could have called down angels from heaven. He could have changed the situation, but that wasn't the plan and the purpose of God. Amen. So we began to look at this and I thought, man, consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. I look at the cross now and I think, wait a minute, it's so I don't grow weary and lose heart. I don't go grow weary and quit. I don't walk this Christian life, step out in this Christian area, give my life to Christ and get halfway down the road and turn back. And that's what I want you to know today, that God wants to encourage you. This cross, he died upon this cross for you and me. I want to get me in there, Lord. For us not to grow weary and turn back. So don't quit. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't quit. Turn to your other neighbor and say, don't quit. Come on, tell them, don't quit. Don't stop doing what you know is right. Turn with me Turn with me a, little, a few pages over a couple books. Turn to First Peter. And I want to look at chapter 2. I want to look at verses 21 through 24. 1 Peter chapter 2 verses 21 through 24. Because who, who did Christ suffer for? He suffered on the cross. He may not have, it may not have took him 36 hours to give up the ghost. But he suffered on the cross. He suffered even before the cross. He suffered even on the way to the crucifixion site. He was whipped. He was beaten. Stripes on his back, bleeding. Crown of thorns on his head, blood dripping off his... You could see it. In fact, this was a mild portrait of Jesus. The Bible says that you couldn't even tell it was a human figure. That's how badly he was abused. 1 Peter, chapter 2. Verse 21, everybody there say, I'm there. Verse 21 says, For you have been called for this purpose since Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example for you to follow in his steps. Hoo-hoo. And what was he guilty of? There's what the Bible says. He says, who committed no sin, nor was of any de- deceit found in his mouth, And while being reviled, he did not revile in return. Made fun of. He didn't turn around and make fun of them. Persecuted. Talked bad about. He says, while suffering, he uttered no threats. But he kept entrusting himself to him who judges rightly. And that's God the Father. And he himself, the Bible says, bore our sins in his body On the cross, that's what the cross is. That's what the cross is. He took my sin. He took your sin, your past sin. Listen, your present sin and your future sins. On the cross, he took it. Because you couldn't handle it. You couldn't deal with it. The load was too big. It was too heavy. It was too much to carry. God said, I'm going to send my son. and He's going to carry this. He's going to carry the weight of the world. And he, says, he says he bore himself our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. For by his wounds you were healed. For you were continually straying like sheep, but now you have returned to the shepherd and the guardian of your souls. He brought us back to God. He brought us back to God. He, he did this for me. So what about the cross now? What about if we view the cross now? What's it mean to you? What's the cross mean to you? What's it mean to me? Let me give you a few things of, of what I believe that the cross means. You can look at the cross and it'll signify some things. and it, It's a symbol of, of holy and precious. We can look at the cross and we can know that it's the power and the wisdom of God unto salvation. It's an emblem of victory. Say victory. Come on, smile when you say it. Victory. Victory. Or hope. What about hope, man? I mean, I can look at that and I go, hey, I got some hope. No matter what situation, no matter what's going on in my life, I can look to the cross now and I can say there's hope. How about safety? I can look to the cross and I can see safety. I look to the cross and I see the suffering of Christ. It represents Christ was crucified for man. And then it pronounced his salvation. Salvation is is on the cross. How about a full commitment unto death? Are we looking at it that way? Are we seeing a full commitment unto death? How about reconciliation, man? I mean, God took the balance seats for some of you accountants out here. He balanced things. He reconciled things. He made things right by the cross. How about the glory of the Christian gospel? How about the debt of sin was paid? Hello, in full. Oh, it, was, it was nailed to the cross. We've given each one of you, a, in your seat, you found a Resurrection Sunday deal. I, I want you to look at that. I want you to get a hold of that. Because we're going to use that here in just a few minutes. But I want you to get a hold of that. If you got a pen, I need you to get a pen out. One of the things that the cross also signifies now is that we're alive to Christ. We're alive to Christ. Christ is alive. I, I've told people the last few weeks, it seems like a lot of times, you know, especially this time of year, your Christianity is being challenged. Are you with me? People are saying, why? Why, is, why do we know that this is the real, true religion? Well, all I can tell you is that Christ is alive and Buddha is dead. Amen. Muhammad is still dead. Come on, somebody. They, they, there is historical proof that they went to the grave and he wasn't there. <laughs> he wasn't there. So what does this cross mean to you and me? What does it mean to you and me? What does it look like to you and me? What is, it, what is that? What does it mean to you and me? What's it look like? And I began to start thinking about it myself. And I began to start saying, okay, what's it mean to me? And I just tried to break it down a little simpler. To me, it means commitment. To me, when I see the cross, it means that I'm committed to God. God is committed to me when I see the cross. It means suffering. Now, look, some preachers are going to tell you when you give your life to Christ, everything's going to be all right. It is not. But if I die... Absent from the body to be present with the Lord. You know, what's the less of worse of two evils? You know what I mean? Hey, if I get taken out, guess where I'm going to be? Amen? But there is a life sometimes. I mean, when you step out of the world and you step into the things of God, there is some suffering that takes place. Oh, yo, come on, somebody. You know there's... You've been alone and, and you felt you're the only one and you felt like a salmon sw- swimming upstream or, or you felt like you were trying to be you're a round peg, trying to be squeezed into a square hole. <coughs> How about perseverance? When I think about the cross, I think about perseverance. I think about persevering, not giving up. I think about those things. I think about power. Say power. Man, I think about the cross and I think about power. I think about not only power, I, I think about sacrifice. What am I willing to sacrifice for God? Look what He did for me. I don't know about you, but I've never had anybody but Jesus Christ take a whooping for me. I'm not talking about a spanking. I'm talking an outright whooping, a beating. What about that? He did that for me. It was a sacrifice. And there's some things that I've got to sacrifice in my life. I've got to sacrifice things of the world in order to have the things of God. Come on. I begin to think about what the cross was to me, and I thought about obedience. And I thought, man, I've got to be obedient. Just be obedient. Just be obedient. Just be obedient. The Bible says that obedience is better than sacrifice. I just need to be obedient. doesn't mean I don't have to sacrifice. It's just, I guess it just puts obedience one level higher. How about strength? And man, I look at the cross and I think about strength. I think about the strength. I think about reconciliation. I think about courage. I think about hope. When I look at the cross, I see courage. I see hope. When I look at the cross, I see these things. I, I think, Wow. God, not only did you reconcile us, I mean, he had the courage to do it. He was in the garden of Gethsemane, and he said, look, I don't really want to do this, Father. But not my will, but yours. How many times do we say, God, I really don't want to do this? I'm not going to. Huh? We don't have the courage to say, God, I really don't want to do this, but I'm going to do it because of the cross. And then there's hope. I I think about that hope. And here's another big one. Authority. When I think about the cross, I think about authority. Jesus got authority from the enemy and gave it to us. I look at the cross, I think about authority. See, what happens is you just don't know you got the authority. Amen? If you're a born-again believer and you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, you got dynamite on the inside of you. (laughs) You just don't know it you got authority on the inside of you, and you just don't know it. Another thing I think about when I think about what the cross means to me is salvation. Salvation. Salvation is more than just being born again and delivered of sin. When you look up that word in the Greek, sozo or soteria in the Greek, it means all these things. It means all of this, commitment, suffering. It means the authority, the power. It means the wisdom of God, the angels of God. Again, I said strength, I think of strength. The next one after strength is forgiveness of sin. Man, when I look at the cross, I think, I'm forgiven. Or well, some of us can't forgive ourselves. Some of us have difficulty forgiving ourselves. Well, I've messed up, preacher, you don't know how many times we've had people say, "Look, I've messed up, I messed up. Let's pray. Let's repent. Let's put it under the blood of Jesus Christ and get up out that mess and take a shower. Amen. Wash that stuff off of you and start moving forward. Amen. Come on. Somebody ought to say thank you, Jesus, or something. I mean, I mean that's what it's about. I think about forgiveness of sin. I couldn't do it on my own. He had to do it for me. He did it for me. Oh, man, when I think about the cross and I think about forgiveness of sin... Maybe I was, I just, uh, I've told y'all before, I was a big sinner. So maybe I'm that much more thankful. Maybe I wasn't like some of you guys that only did a few things wrong. I'm thankful. Thankful for forgiveness of sin. I think about the righteousness of God when I think about the cross. I think about Him putting me back in right relationship, justification. I think about it And and when I look at the cross, I think about that. Another thing I think about when I look at the cross, I think about new life, my new life. When I gave my life to Christ, the Bible says the old has passed away and the new has come. I mean, I didn't lose the 10 pounds I needed to lose. My hair didn't grow back. Come on, somebody. I didn't become Mr. Stud Man. All that stuff didn't change. Are you with me? But something inside of me changed, and my life began new, I began to have a hope, a courage, a strength to say, you know what, I can do this. I can, I can step out of addictions. I can step out of bondages. I can step out of areas, poverty, lack. I can step out of these areas. I can step out of these areas and walk for God. <laughs> the next three is love. Say love. God so loved us. He loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. He didn't condemn the world through Jesus Christ, but he brought a a savior to save the world through Jesus Christ. I thought about that before. Could I give up my son? Could I give up my grandson? Man, I'd have to tell you no. But God did that because he loves you. He cares for you there wasn't a way and he made a way he made a way in the wilderness for us he reconciled us back to God and I just I think about the cross and I see the cross and I think about love I think about this other one too I think about faith in Hebrews 11:6, it says without faith it is impossible to please God And it also says that you have to believe that He exists and He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Read the Scriptures. That's what it says. So you're telling me that when I diligently seek God, there is a reward? Yeah. A lot more than $100,000 and posted on the post office wall. Faith. It's faith. It's everything that this Christian life is about. It's believing when you can't see. It's knowing that you're in the middle of a dark room, and guess what? There is a door, and there is a doorknob. You just got to find it. You might have your eyes closed, and you're feeling all around, but you got to say, I know there's a wall here, and I know there's a doorknob on this wall somewhere in order to get me out. That's the faith that I'm talking about. And you got to have faith in order to please God. Peter walked on water. Please, the Lord. Faith. I think about that and I think, faith. I got to have faith. I, I got to have faith. You might be in this level of faith and God says, you know what? Move to the next level. Hello, you're in the first grade. Let's go to the second grade. You got to pass the first grade in order to get to the second grade though. No, amen. You just don't get a faith passed. Amen. There'd be some things that you have to walk through. Love, faith. And I I think about that and I thought, God, you're so awesome. And the last one I thought about was victory. When I see the cross, I think about victory. I think about victory. He overcame death, hell, and the grave. He took the whooping. (laughs) Well, some people would probably say it like a Timex commercial. He took took a licking and kept on ticking. Are you with me? Or whatever it might be. I began to start thinking about that, and, and it reminded me of, oh, well, I think it was a, it's a scripture in, in 1 Corinthians 15, 57. Here's what it says. It says, thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory. Say, I have, I have the, victory. the victory. You got the victory. See, you, you might have to say that over and over. I got the victory. I got the victory. I got the victory. I got the victory. I got the... We used to sing an old song, I got the victory in Jesus. My Savior forever <laughs> sought me and bought me, and I don't remember the rest of it, by his redeeming blood. Right. I mean, think about that. I mean, we got the victory. We don't realize it because we walk around. Oh, I don't know. Being a Christian is kind of tough. I don't know if I can do it. It's pretty hard. <laughs> and nobody likes me. Everybody hates me. I think I'll go eat some worms. <laughs> you know. People trying to feel sorry for you. I don't want anybody to feel sorry for me. I gave my life to Christ willingly. That's victory. Man, I began to think about the cross and what it meant to me. And I don't know what it means to you. What's it mean to you? Are these things? Are we there? You probably could come up with two or three other things or four or five other things of what the cross means. But we've got to start looking at the cross in a new way. Not just a nice adorning piece of jewelry. I wonder when people wear a cross if they really know. Do they really know? Do they really understand? There's a lot of people that do and that's what they're showing. It's kind of a testament of their faith. But there's some that I've asked them like, that's a nice cross. And they're like, yeah, I like it. I got that such and such and such. What's it mean? Eh, It's just a piece of jewelry. Maybe they need to hear this, amen? Let's take a look at this. i got one scripture that I want to read to you real quick. Then I want us to get somewhere. Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 through 15. You don't have to turn there. I'm going to have her put it up on the screen. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. Look, I I can read this thing and get happy. He forgave us of just that one sin when I was 19. What's it say? What's it say? Come on, everybody, what's it say? he, He forgave me of all my sins. He's canceled the written code with its regulations that was against us, that stood opposed to us. He took away, nailing it to the cross. He <laughs> gave me goosebumps. He nailed it to the cross. I mean, when we watched his hands get nailed and his feet get nailed, that was your sins. Your sins. Verse 15 says, Having disarmed the powers and the authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Say the cross. Here's what I want to do. If you'll just stay with me a moment. On the back side of what I gave you today. Everybody get one. Take a look at it. What do you want nailed to the cross? What do you want nailed to the cross? I'm going to ask you just to take a minute. I'm going to have Bill play. And I want you to put down what it is you want nailed to the cross. Maybe you're having trouble forgiving yourself of some things. Maybe you've done some things that was not pleasing to God, and you may have repented, you've asked God for forgiveness, but it still keeps coming back. Are you with me? What is it that you could put there? I want this nailed to the cross. Listen, there might be sickness and disease in somebody else's body that you might say, you know what? Aunt Martha's not doing good. And I want Aunt Martha's sickness nailed to the cross. Are you with me? So it can be something for you. It can be something for somebody else. Will we do this today? Will we do this today? What I want to do is is when we get this finished, I want to take this section here. We'll take you guys. And the ushers are going to have you come right around here. And you see this cross? We're going to nail that sucker to that cross. Oh, no, 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 no. You didn't hear me. We're going to physically nail that thing to that cross. And then we're going to ask you, if you you want to participate in this, look, if you're visiting here and you just don't want to do it, it's up to you. It's between you and God. Then we're going to have you come through and we're going to have the sacraments for communion. We're going to ask you to come through we're going to have a couple guys over here working some hammers, and they're going to nail that baby to the cross. Amen. They're not going to read it. They're not going to look at it. They're going to nail this to it. But they're going to take it, and we're going to nail that thing to the cross. So they're going to take a nail, and they can take a hammer. And I hope I'm good at this. And they're going to take whatever it is, and they're going to nail it to the cross for you so we're going to take a section by section and have you come right around just kind of in a line but i want you to first of all i want you just to fill it out youth you can you can join us with this all right old or young doesn't matter how old you are you can join us with that but let's take this we've got one for each person if you don't have one just put up your hand and we'll the kids may have taken it or they may have have done something with it and we'll be glad to give you one all right so just hold up your hand for what if you need one and the ushers will put one in your hand we've got one up front here for carol anybody else what is it that you want nailed to the cross today Hand, somebody will give you one. We got some ushers, just got some pens if you need a writing instrument. (laughs) if you guys are ready what we're going to do is we're just the ushers will move you we'll just take row by row and we'll move you on around and well we're asking you to take the communion elements when you come through after you get your what you want nailed to the cross nailed to the cross we're going to ask you to take the communion elements as you get as you go through and we're just going to ask you to hold on to the communion elements and we'll take the communion the Lord's supper together to Anybody need anything else nailed to the cross? (laughs) Powerful. The Bible says when Jesus himself, the night of the Passover, we saw it, he took the bread, which represents his body, and he said, whenever you do this, do this in remembrance of me. This was his body that was given for us. He gave his flesh and blood and his bone for us, didn't he? So as we do this, let's remember him. Let's partake this together. Every time I... Look at this. That represents Jesus' blood. It represents the new covenant. The fulfillment of an old covenant. And the bringing forth of a new covenant. And in that covenant was that they no longer had to take an animal sacrifice to the Lord for a day of atonement once a year. Jesus was that sacrifice. He gave his life. So we could have ours. The blood that was on his back. That dripped off his back. The blood that was from his hands. The blood that was from his feet. The blood that dripped down from his head. The blood that came out of his side when he was pierced. That blood bought back power that blood bought back authority and we've got to walk in that authority that we have as believers over sickness over disease over lack over bondage i don't know what it is it's held us back but we have the victory through our lord jesus christ and this is a representation of that that was shed for us for you and i And the Bible says that it was after supper that he took that cup and he said, this is the cup of the new covenant. This is establishing this new covenant. And he said, when you do this, do this in remembrance of him. Let's do this together today as remembrance of him. Now, what do you do with the cup? We're going to ask you just to pass it to the aisles, and the ushers will get that from you. And we're going to ask the praise and worship team to come on up. I hope that today, after today, you will look at the cross differently. That after today, you will begin to look at that cross. And those of you that have come, you got some stuff that was nailed to that cross. Leave it at the cross. Let Jesus have it. He took every sickness, every disease, every problem that you may have, and he nailed it to the cross. Now the rest of the story is they put him in a tomb, a burial place, and he rose again. I mean, they went to find him, and he wasn't there. So when we think about that, personally, personally, this is a person, personal opinion, that's why I like a cross that doesn't have Jesus on it, because he's not on it. When I look at it and he's not there, I know that he's rose again. It doesn't get me to just to focus on the death. But it also gets me to focus on the burial and the resurrection. Amen. Hey, can we go out with a shout? Amen. Let's stand up a minute. Let's give the Lord some praise. Let's go ahead and give the Lord some praise in this house. Amen. What do I do with this cup?
3: at the cross where it is on the height this was probably a really true example of the height that Jesus was hung on the cross because in one of the scriptures in one of the gospels it says that the Roman soldier leaned against him in the cross so if this cross means something today and that you have not yet received Jesus in your life today's the day for what he did for each one of us on the cross you can't do a better day than today when we celebrate his death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So, if that be you, there will be some people up here at the front that will be more than happy to receive you into the kingdom of God today so that you'll have that everlasting life to be a guarantee of seeing him in the hereafter. Let's bow our heads. Father God, we thank you for the day that you've provided for us. We thank you for your son Jesus who willingly went to the cross suffered the pain and the agony for each one of us. If it just takes one today, He did it for you today. We thank you, Father, that this be impregnated into our bodies, and our mind, and our spirit, that we will see Him as a risen Savior today. In Jesus' name we pray.